This is a Coffee with Two Degrees, and I'm your host, Joshua Henderson. I'm extremely excited to be delivering this brand new series, uh, focusing on the journey of graduates through their degree. Yes, uh, unfortunately, this is not a podcast on iced coffees, as much as I would really love that, but rather a full exploration of a graduate's journey. So, over three episodes with each guest, we'll learn about their life before the course and the events and decisions that led to their university degree. We'll then also talk about their study experience. Uh, What was it like studying on campus and also the opportunities that arose from studying. And then finally, we talk about their graduation and also the careers and jobs uh, that were available to them through their degree, as well as their future aspirations moving forward. Before we get started, though, make sure you follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, You can also subscribe to the podcast's YouTube channel. And if you would like to support the production of A Coffee with Two Degrees, you can sign up to the podcast's Patreon page, where from $3, you can get access to all of the episodes with each guest on demand at the start of every month, as well as a bonus episode where we dive a little bit deeper into the challenges and achievements while studying. Without further ado, our very first guest on this podcast series is the amazing Amelia Iverson, who studied a Bachelor of Business at Swinburne with a major in Entrepreneurship and Innovation and a minor in Public Relations. But before we get into her journey, as the name of the podcast suggests, the first thing we must find out is our guest's favourite coffee. Yep, favourite coffee order at a coffee shop Mm. uh, would just be a latte Mm -hmm. with regular milk, Mm -hmm. no sugar. And why is it that order? It's just the coffee I like. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. I drink other kinds of coffee. I suppose I could have cappuccinos Mm -hmm. or flat whites. Okay. Or flavoured coffees sometimes. Okay. Okay. Pumpkin spice lattes can be fun like once a year. Is, is, is this the Ginger Starbucks? Gingerbread lattes, yeah, is this, this is oh, the Starbucks no. thing. Okay. But, you, you know, it's exciting when you live in North okay. America. <laughs> in Melbourne, where we have an incredible coffee culture, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a different world here. <laughs> well, what a fantastic segue. Thank you. You're welcome. Where is that accent from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always forget I have an accent. Um, so I am half Canadian, half American. Uh, but we moved to Australia in 2001, so hmm. my family has been here 20 years this year, which is pretty crazy. 20 um, years? Yeah. Bloody hell. Mm-hmm. Wild. So 2001, we hmm. moved here in September 28th. Where specifically in Australia? We moved to Wollongong, New South Wales, so it's right. about two and a half hours south of Sydney. Okay. Did you enjoy it there? Now that, um, now, now that you're in Melbourne, we should point out. <laughs> yes, yeah, now in Melbourne. Um, yeah, Wollongong, it was a big adjustment moving from North America. Um, okay. The culture is quite different. How old I was you? 12 when we moved here. So okay, so relatively young. I was pretty young um, and was going into high school here. Okay. But I was technically still in middle school in yeah. North America. Okay, because I have no idea about the American system, what is middle school? That's, I, I'm also trying to remember what it was. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that middle school is years six, seven, and eight. And then high school is from nine to 12. So is there like three systems in the US then? There's probably a few systems. Okay. Because it's also slightly different in Canada, where some provinces have year 13. Right. Mm, yep. You, you people have to be so confused. I've, hey, I've, I've been here for 20 years. I don't know where I'm from anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so you've moved here 
2001. Still have the accent. Yeah, I think because I was 12 when we moved here, uh, I think a lot of your speech patterns has, have formed by then. Mm-hmm. And also because we see so much TV from America here. Yes. I didn't have to change my accent for anybody to be able to understand me. Whereas I think if you are Australian or from other countries moving to America or Canada, mm. I think you have to change your accent so that people can understand you easily. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's an interesting insight. Mm. Have you learned any slang in 20 years? Oh. What are your favorite slang words? Oh, um, <laughs> that's a good question. I do a terrible Australian accent. Yeah, I was going to ask if you could also <laughs> attempt Australian accent. Um, slang words. I don't know if it's slang words or just different words for stuff. So, like, you know, we say uh, the trunk of the car instead of the hmm. boot of the car. Oh, yeah. We fair, say the yeah. countertop in the kitchen rather than the bench top. Capsicums or green peppers, red peppers, yellow peppers. Mm-hmm. They're Cookie, the most, cookies they're the most and known? biscuits. Gripe with cookies and biscuits as well. Oh. Because at my cafe down the road from where I live... They have Anzac cookies. Okay. <clears throat> Sacrilegious, no. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Anzac biscuits. I'm like, that sounds fine. No, no, <laughs> no. They're called Anzac biscuits. You leave them as Anzac biscuits. All right. I Sure. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> A little bit too passionate about that. Now, you obviously did high school here. Yeah. So I went to high school from year seven to 10 in Wollongong. And mm-hmm. then for year 11 and 12, I got a scholarship to go to a performing arts high school in Sydney. Right. So the McDonald College of the Performing Arts. Okay. Yeah. And at this school, I um, studied ballet as my main performing arts dream. And how did those two years differentiate from regular high school? Um, the difference, I think, between the school is that you pick a performing arts stream to go into. Yep. So you can do dance, music, musical theater, acting. Uh, I think it's a sports stream. That's how it was back in the day anyway. Um, And then two hours every day after your academic studies, you do your performing arts stream. Can you remember what your goals and aspirations were at the time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because dance was my like main focus, I was aiming to find a way to have a career in professional dance. Um, At the time I was doing pre-professional ballet until I was 18. Uh, We got to perform at the Sydney Opera House, which was very exciting. Oh, that's amazing. Really cool. Yeah, it was really great. Like, holy moly. (laughs) It was a really, really interesting and great experience. Um, And then when I was 18, I had a lot of friends who wanted to move to Europe and America and Canada and different parts of the world to study dance. And because I have an American and Canadian passport, I thought that perhaps I should use those. And I ended up moving to Winnipeg, Manitoba. And I started off uh, training in professional modern and contemporary dance there. Did you move by yourself or with family? I moved by myself. So my parents stayed in Wollongong and I moved over there. But my dad's side of the family lives in Wollongong, uh, sorry, lives in Winnipeg. Right. So uh, I I do have family in Winnipeg. Okay. So you had the close close relations over there. It wasn't just like a... I didn't know anybody. Big singular (laughs) move where it's like, this is the one move that's going to change my life. Yeah, no, I had I moved to a place where I had family. Okay. Somehow we're managing to segue from one section to another perfectly. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, so I was 19 when I moved. Okay. Um, and that was a big adjustment too because at that point I had grown up in Australia and the cultures are a little bit different. Um, I mean, you know, all part of the Commonwealth, but still culturally there, there were some big differences. And um, I went into a full-time professional training program where you dance from nine to five, five days a week. 
uh, and it was also affiliated with the University of Winnipeg. So I was working towards a Bachelor of Arts honors specializing in dance. Okay. And did, were you working any other like jobs at the same time? Um, at the time in Winnipeg, I was working at the Sports and Recreation Center as uh, I was part of the marketing team. So oh, during, really? during sports games, uh, I worked with the team that would hand out all the uh, the sponsored items in the middle of right. the intermissions and in between the periods of the different games. And That sounds like a very North American thing to do. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, and that I'm was a lot of, of fun. I'm sort of picturing like a social basketball game and you just come out <laughs> trying to sell off these sponsored items. I just Yeah, you just hand them out. We had one of those, um, you know, those guns that shoot like T-shirts. Oh, the T-shirt guns. Audiences. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah so that was, <laughs> that was one of the work pieces I was doing on the side. <laughs> and this was, so this was all Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I lived there for a year. Um, but I, I don't know how familiar you are with Winnipeg, but it is one of the coldest parts of Canada, um, okay. because it's in the middle of Canada where it is tabletop flat. Right. Uh, so the winds that come down from the north are massive and they bring the cold uh, with them. Okay. That so makes sense. Winnipeg it was really cold. When I lived there, it was minus 50, five zero Celsius Okay. for three months. And <laughs> there was a really confused look on my face there. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone told me that it was a particularly bad winter that year. So don't worry. It's not usually this yeah. bad. Minus 50. Yeah. How do you deal with that? They, there is an underground city in Winnipeg. So okay. there are okay. uh, tunnels and avenues so wow. that you don't have to be necessarily on the surface. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Underground system. Not bad. Yep. I like that. Yeah. No, it's very clever. Not that we need it here. But... <laughs> no, but when it's minus 50, it's important. But yeah, admittedly, it, you know, again, having grown up in Australia mm. with summer heat and mm. not really bad winters, all things considered, it, it was a pretty big shock. So I, I didn't really fit into Winnipeg very well. And uh, I was looking for a bit of a change. So at that point, I auditioned to get into a similar program in Toronto. So then I ended up, after a year in Winnipeg, I ended up moving to Toronto. And what was the main difference between the Winnipeg and the Toronto programs? They're very similar. Okay. Really very similar. Um, I think it was um, just a little bit more of a fit. I don't know that I can really put any uh, particular words to it because they're both really excellent programs. But I also felt like I was better suited to live in Toronto. Right. And I had lived in Toronto when I was really little. So it was already a much more familiar city to me and a little bit less cold than Winnipeg. Uh, you know, in Toronto, it might get to minus 25 or minus 30. I which think you take a half, compared, half of the negative 50. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I was a little bit more, I think, um, comfortable living in Toronto. So, yeah. yeah. So I ended up uh, moving to Toronto and starting a new program in 2009. And that was? That was uh, the professional training program at the School of Toronto Dance Theatre. Okay, that's a really long name. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of qualification did it give you? So at the end of the professional training program, uh, it's a private career college. So you end up with what we call a certificate. But for in Australia, I think the equivalent would be like a diploma. Okay. Because it's it's not the same as TAFE. Yeah. Um, And it's, yeah, the systems are a little bit different. So for the sake of something equivalent, let's call it a diploma. And what would, what would you learn in said course? So in this program, we also studied full-time. So we would dance from 8.30 to 5, five days a week. Uh, we also wow. learned about music, dance history, dance history in Canada. 
Um, we did some elements of stage production. Uh, we looked at pedagogy and how to teach uh, children through to adults at different uh, levels of dance. And we learned a bit of bouffon, with, which is a type of circus performance in circus studies. Right, right. Um, a little bit of clowning. So, really? yeah. <laughs> a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything okay. because you're, you're training for a career in performance art. So okay. it, it branches a little bit beyond just dance necessarily. Yeah. So the, the, the range of things that you can do with a qualification or training in professional modern and contemporary dance is very broad. Right. Um, a lot of people that I graduated with now also work a lot in film, yeah. um, doing really amazing caricature, uh, caricature work or character work, mm. if I can say that properly. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a pretty wide range of things that you can do with this kind of training. Was there anything you could actually specialize in or was it just a more broad kind of program? Mm, I guess in some ways it, it was specialized. Okay. Um, the styles that we trained in in particular um, are some of the foundational styles of modern dance. So um, Martha Graham was one of the founders of, of modern dance. So we, we trained in her particular style of movement uh, and also quite heavily in Jose Lamon's style. Uh, so all of these are basically different movement principles. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, moving on from that, were there any new goals or aspirations that came out of that? No, I think the goals were still the same. So when you study at a program like the School of Toronto Dance Theatre, they are equipping you with the skills that you need to either be a freelance dancer or a, a member of a company or any of the other avenues that you might take after that kind of training. How difficult would it have been back then to, yeah. to pursue that kind of career? Um, so I graduated in 2012 from that program, and I think, you know, the arts is always a challenging place to get work, and it's really about what you want out of your career, how you can make that happen. Um, different people that I studied with have taken different avenues. Some of them have come up with their own dance companies and work with their own companies and commission different artists. Um, other people have turned to film and that character work. Some people have moved into different kinds of um, like body and wellness and health training uh, because that's also quite relevant. So how hard is it to get into that industry? Uh, it's challenging because I think there's always a lack of funding in the arts okay. and there will always be more artists than there is funding available. Now, that doesn't necessarily stop you, but that puts a really big um, challenge in front of you as to how you're going to build your career and personally how did you feel knowing that I suppose pretty hopeful like I, I guess you build up a fair bit of resilience and yeah. you you try a few different avenues to see what's going to work for you what kind of things you want to do and I think anytime you graduate from a program you're always a little bit like okay now what which then you have to try something mm. and you know it's up to you as to what you do next was the idea of what was next always on your mind as you're going through that course I think so, but I think, you know, you have different hopes of maybe getting into a particular company because that's what you want to do or what you think you want to do. Um, and I think it's all just a bit of trial and error okay. as you go. So okay. I think as I was going through the course, I was probably hoping to get into a company mm -hmm. um, and looking at, at being a, a full-time member of a company, okay. which, you know, is a really great opportunity if, if you can get it. But it's also really challenging because there's not a lot of dance companies out there and once they have company members in them the turnover isn't usually very high 
So okay. it can be really hard to get in. Yeah. And if you don't get into a company, then you can look at doing freelance work and working with a lot of different artists to really broaden your, mm -hmm. your horizons. So you mentioned uh, going into companies was one of your options. Yep. Freelancing as well? Freelancing is another option. What? Quite often you also end up having a parallel career teaching dance yes uh which obviously you know keeps your own skills sort of mm. up to date but it's it's a little bit different because you're focusing on other people to um to, to build their capability so that was one option a number of people go into personal training uh teaching bar classes yoga pilates different kinds of movement studies uh those are all also options and parallel careers okay so complement and supplement. Like it was quite diverse. Really diverse. Yeah. And it means that you have to be really organized in okay. order to piece together all of the, the parts of your world. So if you can take yourself back into that time, mm -hmm. would you say you were organized enough to pursue any of those careers? Yes. Yeah. And I was also looking for um, different opportunities because I felt like there were a lot of graduates uh, around and lots of people who were looking to get into the industry. Um, it, it is really hard. Uh, there are a lot of people that can do basically the same kind of things that you can do. So um, it, it's also about finding your own unique, um, I suppose, style and presence as an artist, which can be really hard to do, okay. especially, you know, if, if you are young or you know, you're still kind of figuring out who you are as a person. So that also obviously influences you as an artist. What year did you finish this course? So I studied at this program from 2009 until 2012. Three years, not too bad. Yeah. Um, and I ended up doing an extra half year with the program because I had an ankle surgery in the middle of my last year. And okay. I felt like because the recovery time was a bit longer than what I had anticipated. Um, I didn't want to miss out on anything that I did miss out on because I was healing and recovering. Um, so I, I took an extra half year to do that. Okay. And where did you go after it? Was there a career that you had in mind yeah, or a so, job you had in mind? Um, I did a number of auditions and I was, uh, volunteering for a lot of different shows and being a part of the community and, uh, um, I think one of the great things about the community in Toronto and Canada in general is that, you know, there are lots of opportunities for you to get involved, to volunteer, to support your time, which also is great because it gets you to know people in the community, different parts of the community. Um, so I was really busy doing that. And then I wondered if perhaps I should try something a little bit different for a couple of years. And I ended up having an opportunity to move to Colorado down mm -hmm. in the United States and possibly teach modern and contemporary dance with the Colorado Ballet. And I was thinking, well, you know what? Maybe I could give that a shot for a couple of years. And if that doesn't go very well, I can always move back to Toronto. So I ended up doing that um, just to give something different a shot. Uh, and I moved down there in 2013. But then I ended up being really isolated. Uh, while I was born in Denver and in Colorado, um, I didn't have a really wide network of people there. And I ended up being really isolated from my friends, from my family. I ended up being in an abusive relationship and uh, everything really shifted in my, in my life at that point. And then I got a call from my mom that my dad had cancer. And what I ended up doing was, you know, everything was falling apart at that point. So the, the best choice at the time was to move back to Australia. Was it sort of like a domino effect of one thing after the other? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. So, so you went from Toronto 
this, the opportunity pops up to teach, teach down in Colorado. in Colorado. Were you always interested in teaching? I have always taught and it was something that I always really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I guess it was never my ultimate goal in particular. I, I always thought it would be something that, well, you know, it's a part of many people's career as a dancer. Um, and it's a great way to explore your movement, uh, build new material, learn from different people, mm-hmm. and it just gives you lots of different perspectives. Okay. And I know you mentioned the abusive relationship and obviously your father as well. And did all that happen as you were doing the teachings? Yeah, so I didn't end up teaching at the Colorado Ballet. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, that's okay. Um, I had gone down there for that opportunity, but then I think the isolation, and there were a lot of uh, contributing factors to things. I didn't have anything secured, and I ended up working uh, retail um, at a dancewear boutique, and I also ended up teaching modern dance to, like, 8 to 12-year-olds, okay. which which was great. Yeah. Um, it, but it wasn't what I had moved down there to do. Right. Yeah. And also... Uh, it wasn't the same kind of community that I had left in Toronto in terms of a dance community. So it was, it's always hard to integrate yourself into a new city when you move there. Mm. Um, but I found I came up against a lot of extra hurdles that I hadn't anticipated. And I don't feel like I was equipped to handle those. In my mind, I sort of see that it's, it was like a 100 meter hurdle sprint. And each hurdle was just that extra challenge that made it more difficult. Absolutely. And I think also I, I was losing myself a lot in that process. And I think you end up just sort of getting into a little bit of survival mode when everything starts to fall apart. Yeah. So you really just go down to some of those core sort of survival yeah. modes. And then, yeah. And then I think, you know, my dad getting that diagnosis was the last kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Okay. I guess. That's an, that's an interesting sort of stage of life yeah. that you went through. And then you said you went, you moved to Australia after that. Yeah, Australia. so ev- everything really fell apart. Uh, everything got really quite dramatic and very heavy, and everything was just really hard. Lots of, yeah, I, everything just fell apart. Okay. Um, is the easiest way to say that. Um, so I ended up moving back to Australia. I moved to Melbourne, with mm-hmm. which is where my parents were living at the time, and it was almost like a new stage of life. A total new stage of life. I didn't know anybody down here in Melbourne except Mm -hmm. for my parents. And uh, I didn't have any particular dance networks down here. So I guess when when you hit that point when everything has kind of fallen apart and everything, you you have a lot of time to sort of reflect and figure out, uh, I guess, all the pieces that have broken in your life. And hmm. How would you... You know, seeing this is almost essentially like the first part before you go into a proper uni degree, how would you summarize your entire experience from that end of high school through all the way up to that tough period of Colorado and then coming to Melbourne? How would you summarize that? Um, probably, I guess, as a a series of waves. You know, there's, there's waves and waves of learning, uh, lots of growth. You know, in your early 20s, that's, there's a lot of fi- figuring out who you are, what you want to do, how you want to do it, um, making choices that may or may not turn out to lead you to the paths that you want to be on. Um, so I, I think there was a lot of uh, learning in that time. And then by the time I got to Melbourne, uh, I moved down here in 2015. And at that point, you take the time to figure out 
who you used to be, who you want to be, what your core values are, and what you're going to do next. So that brings us to the end of episode one. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to leave a like, leave a comment. And if you haven't already, follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, subscribe to YouTube. And if you really enjoyed it and you want to support this podcast, make sure you sign up to our Patreon where you can get access to all of Amelia's episodes on demand and a bonus episode, which we'll be recording very soon. In the meantime, we will see you next week for the next installment in Amelia's story.